Welcome to Energetic Radio. I am your host, Dale Sybottom. Join me each week as I bring you amazing guests and interviews from some of the world's best operators. They will teach us how to bring fun, energy, and joy into each and every day. Let's get stuck in. Welcome to episode number 96 of the podcast, and today I'm joined by the one, the only, Shawnee DeMorton. Now, for people that have heard of Sean before, you may know him as a father, a parent, and an outstanding teacher, but the other side of his life is the one that I'm really fascinated and I'm going to talk about today, and that is being an elite triathlete. Now, Shawnee dedicates four to five hours a day, every day, for his training. So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about his recent trip to the Gold Coast, representing Australia, um, his practice of mindfulness, how he goal sets, um, and not only that, how he fits all this into just 24 hours in one day. So if you are after one inspirational chat from a superstar, this is for you, Shawnee DeMorton. Here we go. Well, I am so excited. I've got the one, the only, the superstar, Shawnee DeMorton. How are you, buddy? Oh, I'm good. Thanks, Dale, mate. Just great and wrapped to be here, mate. Thanks for the opportunity to, to chat to uh, one of the maestros in the industry. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that now. We've been playing a little bit of phone tag obviously trying to organize this mate and I think the reason being that you are one super busy man now I want to I want to talk about um obviously being on a lot of podcasts because you're an outstanding educator and everything like that but you've got another side of your life mate and some might say in other forms it's a dark side of your life because it controls everything of you um do you want to talk about this other passion in your life besides obviously your family and education yeah, mate. Well, obviously, very passionate uh, physical educator, um, but my life is sort of a one big puzzle, um, and all the little pieces have to fit together. Um, and and the one that sort of does drive me on a daily basis is the sport of triathlon. So that is uh, swim, bike, and run. Um, I've done it over many distances. Um, I sort of began in marathon running, but then my training buddy at the time sort of got got into uh, signed up to an Ironman triathlon. Um, which is a 3.8k swim, 180-kilometer ride, and a full marathon run. And I basically said to him, "Mate, you're crazy. You're absolutely crazy." And I said, "It's crazy enough that I'm actually going to have to do it with you." So we we went up to Port Mac and we we decided we'd do that. That was 2013, um, and we said, "Oh, we're going to do one of those. Um, we'll do one every age group. So every five years, you slip up up an age group." Um, and we said, "Oh, well, we'll do one every age group." Well. He, he moved to he, he moved to London, but then I've done five since, and I've only just gone up an age group. So I've definitely uh, swallowed the Ironman uh, drug, but it's a, it's a good one to swallow. Um, and, and look, it does it. it I, I know you're really good mates with Andy Hare, and and we we talk of the Ironman mantra, which is anything is possible. Um, we we look as Ironman athletes, we look through a lens um, of positivity, and 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 I can that that whole approach to life, and I think. That the, the way that you fit everything in, uh, the training that you have to that you that you have to navigate through and fit. Obviously, being a father of two, full time teaching, which you know is is a is a very big job. Um, no matter what you're doing in teaching, it, it's a huge job. Um, so being able to fit that training, you know, twice a day around that that sort of commitment is something that you've got to really juggle and make sure that you are balancing out. Um, in all in all parts of your life, not just you know you'll find that 
you know, you'll be doing, you'll be really nailing your training, but then, you know, something might get through to the keeper at work or, you know, the wife might go, well, hey, yeah, how about me? How about me? Um, I haven't seen you for a little while. So it's sort of just, you've just got to make sure you balance absolutely everything so that you're ticking all the boxes. And, um, but mate, this is this is why I wanted to have you on because um, to be able to do what you're doing, um, I know a lot of people don't think there's enough hours in the day, mate. But you yep. must be running a 32 hour day uh, and an eight day week the way you're going. So let's talk. <laughs> let's talk us through a little bit of uh, your training, mate. Now you train a little bit different because you don't have your coach with you all the time. Yeah, so um, I, I actually started off um, with, with with running as well. Like I was trained online because I was I'm a bit of a lone soldier. I'm um, really mo- self motivated sort of person and athlete, um, so I don't need someone there sort of peering over the shoulder with a stopwatch. Um, so I sort of then transferred over into Ironman training and sort of went in search of a similar sort of arrangement. So I actually, you know, uh, was trained by a guy out of um, Newcastle. Um, and, and originally, and he would actually send PDFs to me and then I would just complete the programs. But um, go, going on from there, I actually got a local guy um, in, in Altham. Um, his name's Luke Whitmore, so he's an ex-Ironman pro. And what he does is he he actually trains me through an app called Training Peaks, which pretty much every triathlete would be on. Um, and it allows you to really analyse everything, not only place your program in there and you can follow it, but then obviously your Garmin and everything talks to it, automatically drops it in there. He, he can look at heart rate. He can look at power on the bike. He can look at, you know, um, everything except for kind of the swimming. Um, on the runs, obviously, you can look at those um, and making sure that I'm hitting those levels that I need to. Um, a little bit of face-to-face time as well. Um, I'd go for the odd ride with him, and every Tuesday morning, he likes to sort of give me a bit of a touch-up uh, on the on the track. He's a pretty gifted runner, so <laughs> he t- I tend to. He's, he's like uh, he's like the uh, the rabbit for me. Um, I try to keep up with him and the greyhound. Um, yeah, yeah, he is. So so I'm never disappointed when he goes. I'm just going to coach the session today because then uh, <laughs> he's no, no rabbits for the for the training session. But he certainly does get the best out of me. So I like that, um, mate. That's that's great. Now one of the you've just done an absolutely amazing. I know a really big honour for you. The first time you represented Australia by yourself. Mate, and had your name on the back of your suit and everything like that. So do you want to talk us through what it was like up in the Gold Coast? And um, obviously coming 14th in the age group is a really good effort, mate. You should be over the moon with that. Yeah, yeah. So I qualified um, I qualified for the uh, the ITU Olympic or Standard Distance Triathlon World Championship recently on the Gold Coast um, at Southport, which was fantastic. Um, I mean, just to get up to the Gold Coast is fantastic just to be able to get up there because it's such a beautiful place. Um, but then, you know, everybody from all around the world, um, you know, we're, we're every, every nation, the best athletes, both age group and, um, and professional were there. Um, and just getting to mingle with all these people that you, you know off Instagram and all the social media that you, you follow and, you know, you're all, no matter what your language is, you, you're all in for the same reason. It's swim, bike, run and, and us guys, we... We do it every day. We do it every day, and it's part of our DNA. And it doesn't matter what language you speak. Um, we're just so passionate about it, and um, it was just so fantastic to be out on course, watch some of the elites, um, and just talk to people, and just you know pick up some of the, the the differences in culture and and approaches to races, and just the buzz. I mean, the buzz around the whole the whole town of Southport, and just along the whole Gold Coast, there were just an influx of international people. So. Um, 
I, I did actually go to Kona a couple of years ago um, for the World Championship uh, for the Ironman, um, but didn't get to wear the Australian suit. So um, I was I was pretty chuffed to have my suit with with uh, De Morton written across it because they don't sort of do that for Ironman, but um, it's certainly one that goes straight to the pool room um, <laughs> that'll that'll have that'll have De Morton written on it. So. Um, I yeah, hope, uh, no, it's great fun. I hope our international listeners have watched the movie The Castle um, because uh, <laughs> that was a reference that Shawnee was mentioning there. If, if you haven't seen it, you need to watch it, and I reckon you'll get it. Oh, that. yes. Now, um, obviously, that's a, an amazing individual effort and achievement and one that you'll look back on fondly many years to come when your kids are a little bit older. But one thing I want to talk to you about as well, Shawnee, was earlier this year we were able to connect at a workshop, and um, you were in the process of... Uh, putting yourself second and helping somebody else out. And I love that. Do you want to explain a little bit about um, where you're helping a, another athlete? Yeah, well, I guess, um, look, I'm a firm believer of if you do the right thing by people and, you know, not for, for wanting anything in return, um, things sort of do come full circle and, co- and come back. If, you, if you're showing empathy to other people and, you know, just being, being a nice human being, things do come around in full circles. And I, I sort of have felt that in the last couple of years and, just putting in the hard work also as a, as a, as a, as a high-achieving athlete, um, I was given the opportunity uh, through my coach, Luke Whitmore, who was actually, a, who was actually guiding um, a high-achieving athlete, Jonathan Golak, and he, he's actually a vision-impaired athlete um, that actually needs other people. So he needs a guide to take him through his sport of triathlon. Um, so he's not fully vision-impaired. There are different classifications, and he's sort of on the – the more able side of, of vision impairment, um, it, it will sort of deteriorate as his life goes on. Um, but obviously right now, like if he was walking down the street, he, he can sort of, he can see where he's going. Um, but he does have, he does have issues sort of in high light or, or low light. And obviously in the ocean, um, is where he's very dependent upon, um, the guide. Um, but anyway, with the triathlon, what, what we were doing was a sprint distance, so it's quite short in distance. But what we would have is a tether. Um, we'd be in our wetsuits ready to swim in the open water and um, we'd be tethered, so a little strap just above the knee, a stretchy strap, and then we'd go in the water and we'd swim together. Um, and basically communications, everything as you can imagine. We did a fair bit of practice with this. We did a little triathlon down in Mount Martha and it was all about, well, he was saying to me, look, when we get 10 metres from the turning buoy, you need to give me two taps on the bottom um, to say that's 10 metres. Then when we get to the get to the turning buoy, two more taps, and then as we turn it, two more taps. Um, we'd sort of talk about the course prior to the event, um, maybe even look at the shape of it, um, talk about obviously reiterating how the communication is going to go, which side I'm going to breathe. You know, if you're getting too far away, I'll come over, grab your hips, sort of pull you back closer. Um, but really my job was to make sure he's swimming in the straightest possible line between, you know, the start line, the buoy and the different buoys uh, as you go around and then getting him back into good shape to get onto the bike. 
Um, on the bike we have, um, this bike is unbelievable. And everywhere we go, we're riding this down beach road one day. <laughs> and um, my God, mate, we went past Black Rock there and the heads, the macchiatos got spilt and the, uh, and the, and the, and the, the chiropractors were needed for all the necks that were moving, mate. So uh, <laughs> this thing, a double tandem bike, full carbon um, and deep dished wheels on them, um, just an absolute machine, I think. I think it's worth about $20,000, wow. this bike. Um and it just absolutely flies. Imagine you've got two people pedalling. Um, and we were pretty well matched as well. That's the other thing my coach is good at. He's good at co- matching up, you know, training buddies. But also he was very good at matching us up in terms of bike power, running ability um, and, and getting the best out of each other. Um, and then obviously once you get off the bike, it's um, you're tethered by your, you've got another little stretchy band that goes around the race belt of each of you. Um, and then, then we were right to go. But I guess the really exciting thing was that I got to go over with um, the elite triathlon team to Yokohama because that's actually where the race was. Um, and that was a qualifying event for the World Championships, which he has just also competed in on the same the same weekend as me. Um, and um, yeah, we we did really well. We we did come. We came seventh. Um, and it was just such a fantastic sort of environment again where. Um, you know, even even more so at the elite at the elite level. Like we were going out for coffees for, with the people that had just been to the Commonwealth Games. You know, it was just um, being able to talk to some of those guys that just live and breathe triathlon, um, as well as you know, um, basically um, moving around and, and um, living with with Jono and training and just living and breathing that that um, you know high performance culture. Um, which I sort of got back to school and I was like, oh, my goodness. Like, yeah. um, these guys are moving on to the next spot and, you know, you sort of go back to your normal life. But these guys just travel from, you know, they were heading back to Europe after that to sort of prepare for the next race, training at high altitude for, for uh, Edmonton, which was the next race, you know. So the show just goes on one to the other. Mate, it's, um, it's like you're living split lives and that's, it's, in, it's really incredible. So I want to know a little bit more about, like, what you learned from Jono. So obviously um, you're both extreme athletes and everything like that, but um, you, were, you would have to do your race and also remember these cues, remember the course, remember how Jono was going, how he was feeling. What, what lessons did you take from that sort of mentoring role? Yeah, well, I, I think um, particularly, particularly on the bike, like um, – when, when we were going, just communication is so important. And I think that's something that can apply to across your whole life is just the importance of communication. And I think it's got real dire consequences. Obviously, if you're not communicating well, particularly like in the swim, um, he can end up drifting a long way. Um, but little things like on the bike, um, which I didn't mention, was that you know you need to be saying when you're leaning into a corner. So if you're leaning, you need to call it well in advance. You sort of take it for granted when you're on a bike by yourself, that shift of body weight. Yeah. Um, whereas if you don't call, you know, shifting, leaning leaning right, um, then that bike is going to be completely unbalanced. Um, and I just think that that importance of communication, um, that communication then went on, you know, like at, at night time and things where the lights were dim, like you just take for it, you sort of take for granted, um, you know, away from triathlon, just your senses and and being able to being able to see and and you know lying, low lying trees and things so that that communication again just because um, he is he is sort of on the high level of 
or lower level of visual, visual impairment, um, I sort of took it for granted sometimes and I really needed to make sure that I was really looking after um, at night time and with, with, with sort of steps and things, you know. So you, you sort of take for granted every day that, you know, we can, we can see even at night time and that sort of stuff. But, um, yeah, just that, that would be one of the biggest things, that, you know, that communication uh, between the two, 100%. Yeah, and I, I think that. And did you also think back, and because by the sounds of things, you were both very similar athletes, but you have got all your sight. So was there a bit of gratitude there where you just reflect and go, geez, how lucky am I to be able to not only help Jono out, but that I can live life to the fullest with full vision? Yeah, 100%. And I think, um, you know, that I, I, felt, I, felt, I felt very, um, very grateful for the opportunity. Um, and, and, the, and the thing that happens is, you know, we became really great mates and we, and we will be great mates, even if, you know, he's going to go to Tokyo um, in 2020. He's actually, um, he's, he's a, well, his event has been accepted. So he's had a really great sort of time um, that, that his visual impairment, which wasn't actually at the last Olympics, is going to be at the Olympics uh, oh, coming up. That's cool, which isn't is it? Fantastic. I think he, he won a race in, in the same week that that was announced. So it's all like, man, I think good things come in threes. <laughs> What's the next one for you this week? But, yeah, 100%. Like, he's um, – I'm so grateful for that opportunity and um, I look back to it with, it with such great fondness. Um, I also thank him for, for finding uh, the, the best coffee shop in Yokohama because we ended up spending any time that we weren't training <laughs> sipping on the best coffee in Yokohama because he'd, uh, he'd done his homework, you see. <laughs> gotcha. Now, you, now, for someone doing uh, your amount of exercise training, minimal yep. sleep, how many coffees are we averaging a day, Shawnee? Oh, yeah, well, I try, I try to sort of keep them, yeah, on the below four, below oh, four. That's good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't always abide by that, <laughs> but, um, but you know, if you if you if you if you if you're going over five or six, mate, you start seeing those flying unicorns. So, mate, you got to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But um, and, and also, you, you can't underestimate uh, if you've got the PM session. If you haven't heaps of coffee, then it starts to dehydrate. And you, I remember one night, I, I think I was up. Up near five, and I got I went onto the um, onto the smart trainer downstairs, and my calves started cramping just because I hadn't uh, no sort of put the water I hadn't put the water back in that the coffee had displaced for the day. So uh, yeah, <laughs> hydration hydration people, if uh, if you are going to partake in those sort of volumes, it does need to uh, you do need to replace it with some uh, premium H two O. The double edged sword, <laughs> I call it, and it's a hard one. It's a hard balance. So I'm a, I'm a quite a large coffee drinker as well, and. Um, the minute the minute you start drinking a lot of coffee and a lot of water, you seem to need to go to the toilet a lot too, Shawnee. So you oh, can't yes. really win, mate. Yeah, well, that's, that's what my that's what my four year old says. He he openly says because I think I must have told him one day that you know when I drink a lot of coffee, I do need to go to the bathroom <laughs> a bit more. <laughs> He yelled out in front of the whole coffee shop at one stage, Daddy, don't have another coffee. You'll need to go to the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> I love that, mate. That's well, probably good advice too. You'd probably had too many, mate. He's probably, probably keeping a real good eye on you. Yeah, you just said it at sort of the the, uh, the level of noise of a, of a jet engine, though. That's the problem. Like you needed to bring it down a few decibels. Like. <laughs> oh, mate, I think that's fantastic. Now, one thing I've been super impressed with, and, and of course, representing Australia and helping out Jono and all these things, mate, because I keep a real close eye on you and we speak a little bit, um, is your new meditation practices. And you recently hit 100 days in a row on a fantastic app, um, Headspace. Um, yep. What's this shift done to 
uh, your day-to-day routines, mate? Was it was it hard to hit 100? I know um, just personally I, I get probably five or six in a row, but then on the weekends I, I, I'll lapse or something like that. So to get 100, mate, that is super impressive. Yeah, so look, mate, I, um, I actually – this actually came from my chiropractor um, and – I, I, obviously, my old man is um, he's a doctor, so um, I've, I've sort of grown up with the whole sports medicine approach to things. You know, if um, if you've got a sore hamstring, you, you sort of ice it, you, you do all those sort of things. And I've sort of came from that whole very sort of scientific-based approach to sports performance. Um, and that's just sort of the cloth that I was cut out of just because of the environment I grew up in. And I still think, obviously, that has merit. Um, and obviously, you know, if you do a do a hamstring, you need to you need to ice it, and all, all, all this, those sort of things that we've we've grown up with. But what I sort of got from my chiropractor was the was the connection between body and mind. Um, and I think probably in the lead up in 2016, I think that was what I, I sort of called my volcanic year. Um, whereas an athlete, I really. I really sort of stepped up that level. I, I, I um, qualified for the world championship for half Ironman on the Gold Coast in September, and then I was going to Kona, the Big Island, for the world championship um, in October. So they were two wow. events. Um, and in that year, I don't have it exactly, but I think that I did, um, including half Ironmans and some Olympic distance triathlons, I think I did eight triathlons in that year. Um, and a lot of those, there were two Ironmans um, and I think at least three half Ironmans and some some Olympic distance ones. So it was pretty crazy. So I sort of came to her about halfway through 2016 and I just sort of, I, I actually came in because I was feeling a bit dizzy getting out of the water because the year before, this is actually a bit of a funny story, I got off my bike because uh, I got, got out of the swim uh, at Cairns Ironman. So I'd swum the 3.8K swim. And I went over to Transition where the bikes are. And if it wasn't for my mum who was standing on the other side of Transition, I was so dizzy, um, I actually would have taken the wrong bike. (laughs) (laughs) Mine says Trek on the side and I had a giant, like I had my hand on the seat post of a giant. She goes, that's yours down there. I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I had that that under control. Thanks, mum. But I should have known something was awry because then I got onto my proper bike and then – I'm, I'm going to put this out here because I haven't. I think I've told a few people this story, but uh, <laughs> um, I there were two events on on that day, and I I followed the half Ironman in the wrong direction for an extra ten kilometres. Um, so so I did I did a, I did two hundred k's on the bike that year uh, at, at Cairns. Um, so that was where I thought right. Um, that was a combination just between being a bit unbalanced um, in terms of. You know my symmetry and and sort of body body and mind, um, but also just my mindfulness and being worried about gadgets. So I, I got out of the water and my my power meter wasn't working properly. So I had my head down trying to fix this thing while I'm still half dizzy and not concentrating where I'm going. And you know there was a big sign that said Iron Man turn here, but I had my head down looking at my Garmin watch and I paid the ultimate price and. That, that, that really burnt me hard. Um, I, I realised at one point that I had, I had missed that opportunity to obviously turn there, but by missing that turn and adding, you know, 10Ks onto that race, I wasn't going to Kona. I was not going to Kona. Like, and that, because I, I, was, I was cherry ripe in 2015 to get there. And that was, um, your, that was your big goal. 
that was my big goal. And um, I just wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. And um, I think those things, just in terms of that mindfulness and just heading the game and just concentrating on what's important, you know. And, and a Garmin, since that, that day, I've had some races where I have had a Garmin that's just completely not worked. And I just sort of go, nah, it's, it's not going to ruin my day. I know what my perceived effort that I need to fulfill feels like and that's what I'm going to be hitting. I'm not going to let a gadget distract me. Um, it's great to have the data but if it doesn't work then it's not going to be sort of the, the end of my day. But that was a really important day because I finished that Ironman um, and um, it was it was a tough day. Like It was pretty brutal. Like Obviously that extra 20Ks and then having to do the marathon um, but I got it done. I got it done and what I had to do is I just had to shut it away. I just put that in the bin for the day, that whole, that whole fiasco um, but then had a pretty tough time. For about three days after, I didn't want to leave my hotel room in Cairns. Um, but the way that I got through that was just to, to say, right, well, I'm going to sign up for this again next year. I'm going to come back here and I'm going to confront this. Um, but I'm going to have a completely different approach. Um, so I, I sort of dealt with that dizziness um, with the chiropractor. But then she sort of she sort of understood and probably some of the things you've been saying, you know, like how that all those those puzzle pieces fit together of, of my existence that I probably was a bit out of balance and she just said look you just need to really because exercise is it's great for you it really releases such great chemicals but you actually need to have like that daily shower for your brain where you are just cleaning it out and there's just nothing going on except for you know concentrating on your breath um making sure that um, you're, you're just giving yourself that, that little bit of downtime so that you can sort of be a bit cliche but that best version of yourself, um, but also making decisions. I mean, we get, we get that decision fatigue as well. Um, that happens at work. You know, there's only so many great decisions you can make in a day. I think that that mindfulness and um, using that, that Headspace app, which is the one that I've used, um, is, is just – you, you just can't afford not to be using it. I think particularly in teaching, um, there's so many curveballs that come um, within, your, within your role and your day. It just allows you to just bump over them and so you don't feel as much of a bump in the cabin as you would if you're not doing that, that meditation. Yeah, and so I, um, I, I totally agree, mate, and I use it in the mornings when I get up and, and particularly every um, weekday, but then I've also started using it um, when, you know, I might be just a little bit fatigued in the afternoon or I know I've got a lot of things on and it, for some reason it's, it's like having a sleep. Um, and for people that haven't meditated before and say, I can't do it, I was always one of those. I'm, I'm pretty sure you would have been down those lines yeah. as well, Sean, because your head's running a million miles an hour. Um, but there's no such thing as you can't do it. It's like anything. The more you do it, the better you get. And I'm guessing 100 in a row, mate, you're pretty good at it now. Yeah, well, just it's just like anything, mate. It's a um, one, one I like is I can't yet. That's what I say to my students. I can't yet. That's a bit of a Joey Fythism, that one. But um, that whole growth mindset of the yet afterwards, because quite often as human beings we say I can't. Yep. And so I will yet. I can't yet because that acknowledges that at this point in time I can't sort of catch a ball well. But hey, I, I will. I will be able to do it because I put that yet there. So, um, but yeah, it is. It's something that you just need to um, you just need to keep going. I say 21 days and uh, the habit sort of sticks. Um, and look, I do it at night time. Um, I read something somewhere that 
what you do before you go to bed and the thoughts that you have in your head just before you go to sleep is what you first think of when you wake up in the morning. So if you're, you know, on on Facebook or looking at emails, the chances are when you wake up in the morning and if it's one that provides a bit of stress for you, um, it's going to be, you're going to wake up just thinking about that when you first wake up in the morning. So I've found that it it really let, allows me to bounce out um, of bed at a, at a better time. It also allows you to think, well, it structures your night so that you're looking after the Sean in the morning because, you know, if I'm clipping into my, my smart trainer at 4.30 or 4 o'clock, um, I need to make <laughs> sure that I am looking after that Sean by going to bed, well, getting the meditation first and then knowing that shortly after I'm going to be going to bed. So it's, it's, it's timing it's a bit like nutrient timing for your uh, for your brain. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I totally agree, mate. Look, that that is so true. And um, getting the right amount of sleep, having a routine when you get up in the morning before you go to bed, it's all the same. And I think yep. a lot of people say they can't get to sleep or they're bad sleepers, and it's probably because they're staring at their iPhone or the TV for two hours before they shut their eyes and think they're going to get into a deep sleep. Yeah, and, and I guess it's that predictability and just you, your body knows what's happening. I know, I know we don't want to be – we want to have some spontaneity, but being a bit predictable around bedtime um, and also in the mornings, um, having a set routine. I know they say sort of wake up and make your bed. Um, I can't do that because my wife's usually still in there. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to be able to do that. I do that on school holidays. I've been, I've been really – um, Wayne Schultz, a good mate of mine, and someone you obviously know. Yeah. We always talk about making our bed. He was, I think, there was something on Facebook a while back. Um, this um, Marine there's, um, talking at there's it. A, there's Dr. Jordan Peterson who's got the twelve rules. I, I love his. That's right. Up. And it, it's all about keeping your bed, keeping your room tidy, because then it's a calm place. It helps calm those anxiety. Yep. Yep. No, I loved it. Loved it. And um, yeah, so. Don't not quite often get to do that, but uh, I saw it certainly now on school holidays. I'm taking the opportunity to uh, to, to make the bed where I can. So I do my part, and that sets up uh, one one task done, and then it, it will uh, then flow on to other tasks throughout the day. So on the holidays, it's more cleaning out the gutters and uh, you know picking up the. Uh, the, the dog doings in the backyard, yeah, but uh, I, that, 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 that'll flow on when I get back to school. <laughs> I, I like that, mate, and I think uh, I, I think routine is crucial, and it doesn't have to be routine all day, but, um, nah. yeah, as you said, I think if people can get a morning routine that works for them, a night routine, they're going to laugh, and, and as we've just said, I meditate in the morning, Sean meditates at night, you don't have to meditate, but if there's something that helps you become present in the moment, then that yep. is something that you need to practice every day. Now, I'm interested to, obviously, after doing the extra 20Ks in cans, Johnny, like on the bike, having that brain yep. sort of fart, um, yeah. you change your mindset. What happened the next year when you went back? Because I'm guessing your motivation for that entire year was that <laughs> you're just like, I'm going to do 20Ks less on the bike and I'm going to yeah. qualify. Well, mate, I became the Terminator. That's yep. what happened. <laughs> I became the Terminator, and um, I, I, I had, I had a sole focus. And I think, obviously, I needed to balance other areas, but I, I was so focused on on my goal, and that was to get back there and basically own that, own that, and and get what um, do everything I possibly could to right that wrong. Um, I put a sticker. Um, 
from Cairns Ironman 2015 on the top of my stem of my bike and it, and it, and it went there. So it was a bit like um, I was fighting the Russian, you know, a bit like Rocky. Yep. Um, it, was a bit, it was like a year. It was like a year that I was like that. <laughs> Getting reminded of those 20 extra Ks you did. Yeah, and, and, and it was just a, it was a calm alertness but knowing that um, there was something that needed to be done um, and, look, it got me out of bed at some – like I was getting up almost every morning at 4 o'clock in the morning and training, you know, one to two hours before school and then backing it up at night time, um, knowing that um, I was going to get up there and get that done. But but the the mindfulness allowed me to keep sort of that arousal level for that goal under wraps and going and, – and I, and I also – just had that whole sort of approach. Yes, I was driven, and you know, a bit like Rocky training for the for the uh, Russian fight in Rocky Four. But I was, I had it under control in that I was going to have fun doing it. So I, I wasn't going to, you know, even even with the diet, I, if I wanted to have a dessert, and you know, I was talking to my coach, you know, it, 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 you put so much pressure on your family to do what you do. Um, and look, triathletes are lying if they don't say that. There's, there's got to be such a level of love and support from your family to get that done. Um, it doesn't exist without them. Um, that, um, you know, you just have to make sure that uh, you do enjoy it. And, you know, if you want to have a dessert, if you want to have that, then, then you do it. And you don't sort of say no to your mate that wants to have the beer or whatever, um, everything in moderation, but you, you keep yourself on track. But I remember talking to my wife, you know, as I was about to get into the water, you know, and I, I would never have done that talking to my son and, you know, I remember just the, the um, you know, the almost tears in the eyes just I'm talking to my son just as I'm about to go in and do this Ironman and it was just such a fantastic thing to, to do whereas usually I put the phone away and, you know, put the music in and, and focus. Yep. Um, but just allowing them to be in that moment um, and, 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 you know, just got in there and as soon as, as soon as I got in the water, it was just, well, this is, I'm free now. It's just the, the lead-up's done. You get yeah. in there and you get it done. One, so. one full year of that. And I suppose, as you just mentioned, if you can make whatever you're doing, Shawnee, fun. So it doesn't matter what it is. And I'll use the example. If you make painting the house fun, you're going to get people wanting to do it. You know, it must be funny for the people on the block want to do it as much as they can. But um, I love how you use that motivation in a positive way. Now, for people out there, because – Obviously, most people aren't getting up with a four um, in their alarm in the mornings, mate, or they're not training four hours a day. What What are some advice that you could give to people? Now, they don't have to go as extreme as you are, but for motivation, what's some simple tips that people can start implementing into their day if they're maybe struggling to achieve goals or they're maybe just struggling through with a few different areas of their life? Yeah, well, look, I, I think, um, I mean, I used to be a personal trainer before I was a teacher. So I, I think I got into, I think I got into teaching because, um, because I was, I was training a lot of these people that had made those, those poor, those poor choices, you know, and I really wanted to get back to grassroots. So I think, I think it's definitely setting goals because if you, you know, if you don't have a plan, you're planning to fail. So I think, what I used to say to, to some of my clients was to, you know, find something. It might be a walk. It might be a, it might be a run. It might be a walk and a run. It might be something where you're, you're pushing if you've just had a baby, you know, because I used to train people that, um, you know, I used to have uh, pregnancy classes and things. Um, you know, train, train for something 
get people around you that are like-minded, surround yourself with people that are working sort of on a common goal and people that are going to support that goal. Because, um, you know, in life there's going to be people that are going to sort of be great to be around and will support you in that goal. There will be other people that will sort of say, you know, you can't do that. And, you know, they can be part of your – they can be part of sort of the fuel of the fire as well. But you surround yourself with people that, you know, are either working towards that goal or um, are going to support you in that goal. Um, but I think it's just, yeah, it's, it's, it's you keeping yourself on track, knowing that not every day is going to be a fantastic session. Like some days you are going to wake up with that, with that four o'clock alarm or whatever time you're getting up <laughs> um, and you are going to want to roll over. And that session you can wake up, you can get it done, it can be complete rubbish, but you just, you just got to get it done. You, that, that, that's, that's, the end, that's the end of the line pretty much is that, I guess human beings, we're sort of excuse-making machines um, and we try to self-bargain and it's just being able to quieten that, that self-bargaining chip or, or talk, talk in our mind um, and, and sort of come up with reasons why it is so important. And I think quite often, you know, you, you can go to particularly the pool. I mean, the swim leg is the biggest challenge for me. Um, and sometimes, you know, I'm driving – I do my swim squad – um, at Xavier out in Kew, and I live in Greensboro, and now I work in Mernda. So, <laughs> for people for people that don't live in uh, Melbourne, that is just a horrible amount of driving. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it is it is absolutely crazy. But and I have to be in Mernda at five thirty in the morning to get into the water because we have to. It's a secondary school. Well, it's a it's a school, and the kids get in there at seven o'clock. So we've got to get our hour and a half of punishment done. Uh, before they get in um, but sometimes you know I'll be I'll get in the car and I'll be like oh gee this is a it's a cold Melbourne morning there's you know I could be in bed but then you just sort of don't let your mind you're not gonna like completely stop that that train that train of thought you acknowledge that train of thought but then in your head come up with three to five airtight reasons why what you are doing is going to have an extremely positive impact on you, not as only as a person, but obviously in your training and, and the particular training that you're doing, um, and then it just completely spins it around, and you're all of a sudden you're on track for a really good session. Um, and it does tend to happen probably a bit more with swimming than the others, but I do exercise that. Um, you know, you think, well, hey, it's going to allow me. I'm going to get fitter by getting in the pool and doing this. I'm going to get pushed because I'm making the extra effort to go to Xavier. Whereas if I went to a pool and you know I'm in a I'm in a I'm in a lane where there's a lady you know with a kickboard, she's not going to offer me sort of too much except sort of uh, maybe my sighting skills to get around her. Um, but, Two taps on also, the bottom. Yeah, yeah, well, that might uh, have some different outcomes. I think, but, uh, <laughs> But yeah, so I think that that self-talk as well, just just keeping that that positive self-talk in your in your head and having strategies to be able to do that. And I think working through that Headspace app, um, I have you smiling mind as well. But I, I think Headspace for me is is the best one because there's so there's so much differentiation in there um, in terms of what you can choose. And it starts off obviously where you talk where where there's a lot of talking and it guides you through. Whereas where I'm at now. Um, you can go basically 20 minutes where you actually do the whole thing yourself. Um, and it is, you know, being able to sit in a room for 20 minutes completely silent by yourself 
um, is not something a lot of people can do in this day and age, um, Definitely not, particularly mate. with phones. That's that's a really really impressive thing. Like I'm I'm at a ten minute one now. It's guided the whole way. So for you to be able to do that, mate, and um, I think that's awesome. But some of the things you just mentioned there that people really need to listen to is that. There, you need to surround yourself with like-minded people on the same path you are, and that's what you've done. And you can tell by listening to Shawnee today that I get along quite well with him because we're very motivated, <laughs> and I feed off ideas like him. Whereas um, other people in my life may not be that motivated. It doesn't mean that I don't hang out with them all the time, but I don't share certain goals with them. I don't share certain things. I may just talk about footy or I may talk about other things. So if you've got people in your life that may put you down or aren't on the same path of you, I wouldn't. I'd select those. I'd select a tiny knit group, like Sean you just said. And then, as well, that point about saying three to five reasons why you need to do this and the benefits it's going to have, um, mate. They're two fantastic bits of advice that I hope people can take away. And this sort of leads on to the last couple of questions. Um, if you had one bit of advice for eighteen-year-old Shawnee that obviously you know now from your teaching, <laughs> um, barracking for the bombers. Um, that might be a few different things there we could talk about um, <laughs> or your training do you have one bit of advice or is it one of those that you've just mentioned before yeah well I think probably um, well one thing would be if I'm talking now Shawnee stop playing footy and get on the bike son just so that you'll be a bit stronger <laughs> then, then I would have gone to Kona a bit earlier and maybe been a bit stronger now um, but uh, probably just not. don't let yourself time travel and I think it's something that I've really looked at in myself is you know, looking for that next best greatest thing, um, I think I've also, I've always sort of done that looking forward to, well, hey, what, you know, you've got an iPhone, what's the next thing that you're going to get? You're going to get the next new thing. Um, what am I doing next weekend? Just really working on being present in that moment. And I think, um, I think that would be something that I would, I would really be, um, be talking to the 18-year-old Shawnee and maybe just to lay off the beers a little bit too. <laughs> I would, mate, if I, if I had 18-year-old Dale, I'd be telling him exactly the same thing. <laughs> be happy with each day. Um, yeah. It's, it's such a – I think you can only learn it with age and I was very similar showing that I'll be happy when I get this. I'll be happy when I achieve that. I'll be happy. Yeah. And, yeah. mate, all you're doing, I was just tiring myself out and I wasn't actually enjoying the wins um, yep. So if, if you're actually living like that, then I think, yeah, the, the Headspace app's a really good way to start because I know it's helped for me. Now, Johnny, what do you want to be remembered for, mate? So obviously um, when I was doing a little bit of research on you, I didn't even know there was a website called Rate My Teacher or something, but you're, <laughs> you've got a fantastic rating and um, I didn't actually know I was there. So do you want to be remembered for the superstar teacher that you've already got these amazing ratings for, for the athlete, for the father, for the bomber supporter? What do you want to be known for, mate? Oh, mate, look, yeah, I think um, obviously I've got a few strings to the bow, but I just want to make sure that, you know, in everything I've, I've put my hand to, I want to, I want to be remembered as, as giving the best effort in all of those things. So, you know, whether it is being, being a teacher, I want, to, I want my students to know that when I am there, I am giving them their best effort. Obviously, I've planned a quality lesson. I've been to... Um, I've, I've, you know, been to fantastic professional developments on things like gamification and. Keep going, mate. This sounds awesome. <laughs> that was Dale's, by the way. Um, and uh, so I've taken the time to, you know, um, 
to, to prepare the best lessons and basically, um, you know, be up and about and, and giving them the best time that they can possibly have. Obviously, um, as an athlete, similar sort of thing that I've, that, you know, I, I don't leave anything out on the park. I think that's something as, as triathletes we pride ourselves on in that when we, when we, um, when we train, we, we train sort of being meticulous, but on, on race day, we light a match and you let that whole thing burn. You, you burn, you, you burn the whole match. So you don't leave anything out there. So I would like people to think that myself as a triathlete, he just empties the well at every race that he goes to, he, um, he goes to the well and just does not leave anything, not, not one single drop out there. Um, he gives everything he's got. Um, I also want to be remembered as, you know, as, a, as a great family man and, and father of my two sons. I've got um, Will and Sebastian and obviously um, a husband to my wife. Um, and just knowing that, you know, the time that I've had with them, we're up at Echuca at the moment um, and we're, we're having a fantastic time up here. So I want them to remember. And I think as a kid, we remembered sort of the, the times that we had at, at special locations um, with, with our family members. It's funny the things you remember. I saying to my wife today, I remember – having a milkshake with my old man when we when we went down, I think it was to Anglesey, and we'd, we'd go and have something at the shop, you know, and you just remember those, you know, the, the flavour of the milkshake you had and, you know, some yeah, of the conversations yeah. you had. So I want my kids to remember those things and then I want them to think, well, hey, I want to take my kids down there and have similar experiences when I have children, you know. Um, so I guess there's a lot of lot of boxes uh, that, you know, I want to tick for people to remember me by. But, um, yeah, just that I, I think effort's so important and the fact that I, I give my all to everything I, I put my hand to. Wow, Shawnee, mate, and people listening will be like, yeah, yes, he does. This interview, um, mate, you have been so generous with your time and I know that uh, you can hear the paddle steamers on the back in the Murray and <laughs> you're probably really keen to get a Riverport uh, Portello uh, from the Achuga store. But, mate, um, Shorty, you are, you are an absolute champion, mate, and um, from somebody that knows you well, um, it's a pleasure seeing the dedication you have, not only for your teaching but your training um, and dedication you have to actually helping other people and I think that's evident with um, the what you're doing for Jono, not only that for other teachers um, and just everything you do in life mate so thank you very much for giving up your time today buddy and uh, keep dominating life because I know I love watching the journey mate. Thanks mate and right back at you, love the opportunity and uh, we will have to catch up and have um, well less than four coffees mate. <laughs> Otherwise, otherwise, you're somewhat uh, yelling at something that he doesn't need to. <laughs> yeah, there's a special little radar that goes off, I think, if I'm more than uh, if I'm, I'm approaching, encroaching on four, I think. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Shorty. Well, thanks, Heath, buddy. Enjoy the rest of your time in Echuca, mate. Will do, mate. Thanks so much. <laughs>